If you ain't glad you're here, say it every week, but I want to encourage you every week, think about who you can invite, who you can text or call uh, to join you in our men's lunch. I'm going to tell you, I, I say it all the time, this is a big deal. Our men's lunch is a big deal. Uh, a needed thing is for men to know this is what the Bible says, not a, not a preacher, not a denomination, uh, not, not a, a public interest group, not a, a, a psychologist, but to say, you know what, what does the Bible say it looks like to be a man who follows Jesus Christ. I think this is a big deal. Glad you're here. I want to encourage you to invite somebody every week to come and to join us in our men's lunch. One of the biggest desires of people, and we may not say it, but really as we watch people, one of the biggest desires of people is to be a person of influence. And there's something inside of us that we want to be important. We want to be an influential person. And I think that's built into us. Maybe that's tied to our ego somehow. But, but I think in, in the core of us, we want to be important. I want to be a person that has a great influence. Now, I think that's pretty common to all of us. We want to be a, an influential person. I was reading the other day, uh, to be a congressman, a United States congressman, uh, pays $174,000. That's the current salary. And, and yet, look at this. The average cost to run for Congress and to win a seat. Now, this is the average cost is over $3 million uh, to win that seat. Now, there's some that spend a whole lot more. Some of those include some, some cheaper seats somewhere else. But the average cost is $3 million to get a job that pays $174,000. Uh, the average person to, to get a Senate seat uh, spends $10 million dollars. Uh, some of those folks are spending upwards of 30, even this year, uh, $44 million to win a, a United States Senate seat. Uh, the president, to be the president, the, the last figures they've put together, the last couple election cycles, um, 70 to $100 million spent to be the president of the United States. Now, that doesn't include uh, some of the, the lobbyist groups out there. They say it could be as high as, as, a, as $500 million, but the individual spending 70 to $100 million uh, to be the president of the United States. Now, when I hear that, when I read that, I think, what in the world? That, that sounds like a, a terrible plan. Uh, take your $40 million and go do something fun. That, that seems like a terrible investment. But it shows it's not about the pay. And it's really not even about the job. I don't know how interested they really are in doing something that matters. It goes back to the fact that we really want to be people of influence. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to buy influence. Well, today, let me tell you the truth. The truth is this. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. You carry great influence. Yes. And I sometimes, well, I don't know about me. Listen, you you do. You carry great influence. You do not have to pay 10 or $20 million to secure it. Uh, you, in the life that you're leading, in the circles that you run in, you have great influence. And I'll just tell you, it's probably more than you realize. Understand, you carry great influence. And so the question today is this. What kind of influence do you have? Maybe a better way to say that is what, what is the impact of your influence? Or are you living your life, are you influencing others in a way that has a positive result? That's the question. What kind of influence do you have? Today in our men's lunch, we're going to look at the Bible-driven man and his witness. 
an important topic, the Bible-driven man and his witness. Now, we're going to have today just three points for us to consider, three points for us to think about today, and here they are. First is this. People are watching you, so be careful. That's the first point. People are watching you, so be careful. Now, sometimes we are we're careless in that. Sometimes we are distracted in the things of life. Sometimes we think, well, it really doesn't matter. Nobody's watching me. We think it's not that big of a deal. The truth is this. People are watching how you live. The Bible says, in fact, Jesus says it in Luke chapter 11, verse 23. This is what Jesus says. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Listen to that again, Jesus speaking. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Now what that means is this. You are either leading people to Jesus. Your life is either pointing people to Jesus as our Savior. And that's, that's the result of your life. Or you are pushing people away from Jesus. You're living in a way that drives people away from Jesus Christ. Now, the interesting thing here is the Bible says there's no middle ground. And so I want you to understand, you carry great influence. People are watching you. And over the course of your life, you're either drawing people to Jesus, leading people to Jesus, pushing people to Jesus, or your life is doing the opposite and pushing them away from Jesus Christ. There is no neutral ground. Now, we've got it in our minds somehow that, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be some religious zealot. I'm not going to be some, some religious nut. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not doing any harm. Same time, what I'm doing is not really mattering one way or, the, or another. And I, I'm kind of a neutral person. You know what, don't, don't come look at me. I'll just tell you, don't do that. I'm somewhere in the middle. The Bible says this, there is no neutral ground. You're either in the process of gathering or your life is in the process of scattering. I want you to be very sure of this and hear me very carefully. How you live matters. How you speak matters. How you respond to different situations matters. How you do business. Hey, that's something separate. No, how you do business matters. Who you associate with matters. You're either pointing people to Jesus Christ, leading people to Jesus Christ, or you're pushing people away from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to hear me very carefully here. That's influence. That's power. That's impact. People's eternities are hinging upon the things that you do in your life. I want to be a person of power. I want to be a person of influence. Listen, it doesn't cost you $20 million. People's eternities are hinging on how you live your life. People are watching you, so be careful. That's the first thing. People are watching, be careful. Second thing is this. People are watching, so be consistent. People are watching, so be consistent. Now, I think this is a pretty interesting theme in the New Testament all the way through the Bible, but for sure in the New Testament. Over and over and over again, the Bible tells us about, talks about people who appear to be one way, who claim to live one way, but they're actually living in a different way. And that's, you go all through the New Testament, the Bible's very, 
clear and people who, who, who they give, but their motivation is to be seen as they give. People who pray, do not pray as that guy on the corner. People who pray, but their motivation is to be heard. People who serve the cause, but their motivation is that they will be acclaimed in their serving. Bible talks a lot about people that appear to be one way, but their hearts are a different thing altogether. You know what Jesus calls those folks? He does. Hypocrites. Oh, the hypocrites. Oh, you hypocrite. They're fakes. They're posers. Remember the book of Acts, and it's a, it's a hard account story. It's a, it's a true story, but it's a hard account for us to reconcile. But remember there in the book of Acts, there's the, this guy named Barnabas. And Barnabas, the Bible tells us, is an encourager. If, if you wanted a friend, this is the kind of friend you want to have. This is a guy that builds people up. He is known as an encourager. That's actually what his name means. He is devoted to the cause of Jesus Christ. You read, you read the, the story of his life. He's devoted to the cause of Jesus Christ. Here in this account in Acts, he is devoted to the church of Jesus Christ. He's devoted to the church. And we, we read the account that he sells a farm. Barnabas sells a farm. And he brings the money, all of the money. No one tells him to. Now read the account. No one says, bring all the money. No one tells him to. He brings all the money and he gives it to the apostles. That's what the Bible records. Well, here come these two folks, Ananias and Sapphira. And they sell a farm, but they do something a little bit different. They act like they bring all the money to the apostles. Now, no one told them to bring part of it. No one told them to bring all of it. But they act like they report that they're bringing all of it. Is this the price that you got? This is the price that we got. And they keep some back. It's what the Bible says. And they act like they bring it all, but they keep some back. Here's the craziest thing. God kills them dead. Kills them dead. They, they fall dead. The Bible says they fall dead there in the assembly of the church. The church picks them up and carries them out and, and, and buries them outside. I read that account, and I think, Dad, gum, that's, that's tough. Well, what about forgiveness and grace? What a, what a gracious God we have. What, Dad, gum, that's a, that's a tough story. What in the world is going on? And I think about that account, and here's the conclusion I've come to. Nothing is more damaging to a church. Nothing is more damaging to the cause of Christ than people who claim to be one thing but live like a different thing altogether. Nothing is more damaging. Nothing could have been more damaging to the church as it started, and that's what we're reading in the book of Acts. Nothing could have hindered the cause of Jesus Christ any more than these people who are allowed to say these things and to promote these things but live in a different way, to be hypocritical. So God takes them out. Friends, People are watching what we do. And I'll just tell you, what sometimes I think, well, they're watching to see the good. Most of them are watching to see the bad. People are listening to what we say. And they're, and they're watching and they're listening to see if what we do on Sunday, to see what we do in, in the midst of the church, is the same as what we do on Monday or Thursday or Friday night. People are watching, and so we must be consistent. That's the second thing. First thing, people are watching, so we must be careful. Second thing, people are watching, so we must be consistent. Third thing is this, people are watching, so we must be constructive. 
people are watching, so we must be constructive. Now, what that means is this. We must use our witness. We must leverage our influence to build up the kingdom of God. Simple as that. That's, that's what that means. In very plain language, the fruit of our life. You know, I don't, I don't know how long you're going to live. You might live 60 years. You might live 80 years. You might, you might go up and, and push 100 years. But the fruit of your life, the, the, the result of your dealings with other people, the impact of your influence should be to bring people, to lead people to Jesus Christ. Listen, Nothing else is going to matter. Your bank account's not going to matter. The name on your door is not going to matter. The things you put together are not going to matter. The, the, the result of your life, the years that you live, should be spent to lead people to Jesus Christ. We have to be deliberate in that. And that's, that's really the point of this whole thing. Our goal as Christians, our purpose as Christians to bring people to Jesus Christ. I think if we surveyed our church on Sunday or if we, if we took a survey, what's our goal? Hey, it's to bring people to Jesus Christ. Statistics say nine out of 10 people have lived and died and have never led a person to Jesus Christ. We have to be deliberate in bringing people, leading people to Jesus Christ. Our goal is that people would see and that they would find and they would receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We have to be thoughtful in that. We have to be deliberate in that. What we do matters. Somebody is watching you. Well, I don't think they are. Listen, somebody is watching you. There's people you know I don't know. There's places you'll go I won't go. People are not just watching you. People are evaluating what you do. And I'll just tell you very, very sadly, the credibility that they give the gospel now, I don't like it, but that's the truth of what, the, what it is. The credibility that they give the gospel may be built upon the things they see in our lives. Man, don't look at me. That's what I want to say. Don't look at me, but I'm going to tell you the, the truth is the credibility that they give the gospel may be built upon the things they see in us. We should use our influence to lead people to Jesus Christ. I've got to be different. We have to be different. I've got to be aware. You have to be aware. I don't want to cause any person to stumble. Can you imagine how sad it is to, to, to live, go through life with somebody? Maybe you worked with them. Maybe they lived on your street. Maybe they were in your family. And the hindrance to them finding Jesus Christ, the hindrance to them being saved, the hindrance to them having eternity with our Savior, with the things they saw in your life. We have to be considerate. We have to be deliberate in leading people to Jesus Christ. Now let me end by saying this. That makes sense so far, but let me end by saying this. And the greatest way that we do that is with our words. The greatest way that we do that is with our mouths. We use our mouths to proclaim to teach, to explain the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I'll just tell you, today, Satan has led us to believe, first off, that this is not something we ought to worry about, but, but on top of that, Satan has led us to believe that our witness is our life. And that's kind of how I grew up. Your witness 
is your life. And you know what? You need to live a good enough life that people might want to find Jesus Christ. Well, that guy looks like he's got it all together, and so I want to see what he has in his life. And you live in a way that people will find Jesus Christ. We have to live good lives. That's how I was raised. Listen, that's not the truth. Hear this very carefully and remember this. We can discredit the gospel of Jesus Christ with our lives, but we can only share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our mouths. That's a big statement. You know, we can discredit the gospel with our lives. We can only share the gospel with our mouths. Now, here's what that means in plain English. We have to be ready to share the gospel. We have to be ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We have to be ready to say, you know what? I am a sinner. We are sinners. I am a sinner. I have sinned. We have to be ready to say, you know what? I have earned a punishment. The payment for sin is death. I have earned death. Not my environment, not the way my parents raised me. I sinned. I earned my punishment. I have earned my death. But you know what? God loves me so much, and I can't understand that, but he loves me so much that he sends his only begotten son, Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, he never sins. And he goes to the cross and there on the cross, he pays the debt of my sin. He takes the punishment for my sin and he dies on that cross. And they pull him off that cross, they put him in a grave and he's dead. Three days later, he comes out of the grave. He is alive. He stands in victory. The debt of sin is paid. The debt of of death has been paid in him. Redemption is secured in him. And if you'll believe in that, you will be saved. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, we ought to say, hey, listen, at my, at my dinner table, let me tell you the good news of the gospel. We ought to say, hey, at the, at the lunchroom at work, let me tell you the good news of the gospel. We need to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Speak it, share it, use our mouths. Here's the the crazy thing. Man, you've heard me say that a hundred times. Here's the crazy thing about that. Listen very carefully. If we would do that, and I'm not talking about who's not here. I'm talking about who's here. If we would actually do that, and not a thousand more people, not a hundred people, if just us in this room would do that, a revolution would start. If just us, if we would just say, "What I'm going to start to, I'm going to start to speak the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ," and I'm not waiting on twelve other people, I'm not waiting on a hundred other people. If we would begin to do that, a movement of God would start, and you'd start to see homes change, and you'd start to see families change, and you'd start to see churches come alive, and you'd see the good news go out, and there would be a movement that they would talk about on the news stations. If just us in this room. Decided to tell people about Jesus Christ. People would be saved and God would be glorified. We have to use our mouths. Satan's bullied us to think it's hard, it's crazy. It's not me. Listen, the call of this is is this. Only what's eternal is going to matter. Let us use our lives. More than that, let us use our words to lead people to Jesus Christ. Let us be those people. Let us be those men. And let my Savior Jesus be glorified in the effort. Glad you were here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you were here.
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for the good news. And I'm thankful that it's not dependent upon me. I'm too sorry for that. I'm so thankful it's not dependent upon any work that I could do. I can't do anything. I'm so thankful that it's finished in the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that you love us. I'm thankful that you offer forgiveness to us, restoration to us. I'm thankful that whatever we came in here like, there's hope walking out of here because of the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you for that. I pray as we've heard this today that maybe there's a a renewed spark in us that, you know what, I'm not going to live like a coward. I'm not going to sit back down. I'm not going to go the direction of the world, but I'm going to stand and I'm going to use what years I have left to promote and to preach and to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be those men. Lord, give us boldness. Lord, give us opportunities and then you be glorified in, in in the work. Lord, we come today and I'm thankful for the good news. I praise you for it. Pray for the men in this room. Bless them, encourage them, use them, and lead them. We give this to you, and I pray all of it in Jesus' name. Amen.